Welcome to Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church, and thank you for joining us as we share the good news of Christ's love. We share a rich tradition as a diverse and welcoming congregation. We strive to meet people where they are and join them on their faith journey as we carry out our mission to love God, love neighbor, and change the world. sanctuary today. You're a hearty bunch on a cold day like today to be here. We're grateful for your presence. We also say a word of greeting to those who are streaming our service and watching on television. We're thankful for your presence as well. Today is Epiphany Sunday. It marks a new time in the life of the church and this is our opportunity in a very special way to gather together to acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord of our lives, particularly on this first Sunday of the new year. We are grateful that you were here. It is now our time to focus on the joy of the, being in this holy place together at this holy time.
As we gather together this morning, I invite you to join me in our prayer of confession. God of the past, the present, and the future, you fulfill your promise to always be with us. Forgive us for ignoring your presence and not loving you with our whole heart. We confess we have denied your love and have not shared your love with others. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Friends, the gift of God is repentance and forgiveness. It's truly contrite. God's mercy is everlasting and God's goodness is forever. Surely God accepts our prayers and pardons our sins. The divine mercy is forever. Kings from Persian lands afar to Jordan follow the pointing star, and this the quest of the travelers three, where the newborn king of the Jews may be. Full royal gifts they bear for the king. Gold incense murder are their offering. The star shines out with a steadfast ray. The kings to Bethlehem make their way. And there in worship they bend the knee at Mary's child. In her lap they see Their royal gifts they show to the king Gold, incense, murder, their offering O earthly child, low to Bethlehem the kings are troubling, travel with them. The star of mercy, the star of grace, will lead my heart to its resting place. Gold incense murder thou cannot bring. Offer thy heart to thee in front of king. We invite you to share your personal joys and concerns with your church by going to phmc.com forward slash prayer. Please receive our joys and concerns of this past week. We pray for all experiencing grief and loss this day, and our Christian sympathy is extended to Paul Young and family and the death of his sister-in-law, Marilyn McGeorge Young. To Rodney Steele and family and the death of his brother, Reverend Bill Steele. And to Susan Jones and family and the death of her brother, Joe Kern. We pray for all who are ill or recently hospitalized, including Jimmy Bryant, Gloria Cleveland, Dottie Gill, 
Kelly Gunter, Vicki Holloway, Joanne Martin, Reverend Leslie Phillips, and Maddie Walters. And we rejoice in the baptism of Jack Cal Calvin Vaughn, child of Molly and Jack Vaughn, and grandchild of Reverend Lynn Lindsay. And our congratulations to Jamie Nicole Mann and John Lee Wright in their recent marriage. And we give thanks for our new member, Mary Lou Cosmeter. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, wonderful creator, we thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus. Help us, we pray, to share your son with others and to give as you have given to us in the spirit of the wise men. We pray for people of every race and nation in every kind of need. Guide us to always reach out and to help our neighbors. Gracious God, we pause this day to look over the past year, a year in which you were with us, but we were not always with you. We give thanks for your goodness, and we remember your presence during our personal losses. Give us comfort and a deep sense of your presence always in every circumstance of life. We continue to pray for all affected by the fires in Colorado, and we pray for all affected by COVID, for doctors and nurses, and for family members who provide care. We pray for all who are ill, hospitalized, grieving, lonely, troubled, cold, or homeless this day. Hear our prayers for a blessed new year and renew in us the power of your Holy Spirit as we resolve to do more for the kingdom of God in the year 2022. We have this hope, a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. In his name we pray, amen. I invite you to stand for the reading of God's holy word. Today we read from the first chapter of the book of Exodus, beginning with verse 15. I encourage you to hear these holy words. The king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, whose names were Shifra and Puah, when you are helping the Hebrew women during childbirth on the delivery stool, if you see that the baby is a boy, kill him. But if it is a girl, let her live. The midwives, however, feared God and did not do what the king of Egypt had told them to do. They let the boys live. Then the king of Egypt summoned the midwives and asked them, Why have you done this? Why have you let the boys live? The midwives answered Pharaoh, Hebrew women are not like Egyptian women. They are vigorous and give birth before the midwives arrive. So God was kind to the midwives, and the people increased and because even more, became even more numerous. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families of their own. This is the word of God for the people of God. Before you're seated, please take a moment to greet each other in the name of Jesus Christ. Be seated. We're going to say a word of welcome this morning to all of you. We certainly say a word of welcome to those watching online and on television. We're thankful for your presence as well. I want to say a profound word of appreciation and thanks to Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church for your incredible generosity, but also a word of thanks and appreciation for those who watch online and on television. We had an enormous response to our need to finish the year in a healthy way financially. We far exceeded our surplus goal. Not only did we meet the budget, but we shot for a goal of over $300,000 in surplus money going into 2022 so that we could have a healthy start to the new year and do the kinds of things we are called to do in active ministry throughout the year. And you all have responded in an extraordinarily generous way. We have exceeded what our goal was, which is something to be very, very proud of. We brought in, in the month of December at Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church, over $1.8 million. We have reduced, by the way, our debt by two-thirds in the month of December. 
we asked several individuals, and along with some help from our foundation, we asked several individuals to help us reduce our debt from $950,000. It is now down to $317,000. That was done in a month's time, you all. It is incredible to think about the generosity, not only of this congregation, but the, for those who watch on television and online who have responded from all over the state and even from other states. So you have much to be proud of. We have much to be excited about in 2022. I know we're all sick and tired of wearing masks. We are sick and tired of looking at numbers that continue to escalate. We know all of that. But in spite of all of that, look what this church has done. Look at the effort that has been made and look what we can accomplish when all of us pitch in and do our part together. We are an extraordinary church and we should be proud of all the effort that has been put into finishing the year in such a strong way and beginning 2022 in a strong way. I know a lot of people are not fond of people applauding in a service of worship and I get that, but it is time to applaud. Give yourselves a round of applause. You make me proud, you make my buttons pop. I'm certainly grateful to be at Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church. You all are wonderful, extraordinary, generous people. Let us pray. O oh Lord, in the silence of this moment, prepare our hearts and our minds to hear your word for us this day and work your will in our lives. Amen. I know a lot about finishing in second place. When I was in junior high, I played the snare drum in the band for one year. The band director came up to me one day and said, John, you are the second best snare drum player in the band. Now, normally that would be a compliment, but there were only two snare drum players in the band. When I was in junior high, I wrestled. And one year, my record was flawless. I was undefeated and I was wrestling for the city championship in Fort Worth, Texas. I was gonna finish the year undefeated, but I was defeated in my last match of the year, and I finished in second place. I'm familiar with second place. Years went by, I was serving a little church in Fort Worth that grew rapidly. We grew almost beyond our capacity to grow in so many different ways, and someone nominated me for a national award that, by the way, no longer exists, but at the time, it was called the Circuit Rider Award given by the United Methodist Publishing House. I finished runner-up for the award. That means second place. The winner was some guy by the name of Adam Hamilton. I always wonder, whatever happened to that guy? I'm comfortable with second place, but I'm not satisfied with second place. But there are those who understand their role being second really in a variety of ways means that they are first. Think about supporting actors, for example. They don't get top billing. They don't have the primary role. They're not the main character. But oftentimes, supporting actors are the ones who carry the movie or the play. Susan and I, a number of years ago, went to Broadway to see a musical. And we were looking forward to seeing the one who was starring in the musical. However, as we stood in line to go in, we were informed that he was not going to be there that night, but it was the understudy. I'd never heard of the understudy. I was so disappointed. We paid all that money. I pouted and told Susan, I don't want to go after all. She said, as much as we paid for these tickets, get in there and sit down and be quiet. And the understudy, the one who really oftentimes gets second billing, was extraordinarily good. I was so glad we went after all. There are times when people who seem to have a lesser role in a variety of ways, really play a primary role in the overall saga. In other words, they lead by following. Shifra and Pua were two Hebrew 
midwives. They helped women give birth. A long time ago, the Hebrews, that is the Israelite people, were in Egypt and they were growing exponentially. Pharaoh, however, began to be threatened by all the growth of the Israelite people and became fearful that they would gather together and try to overthrow him. So Pharaoh set out a mandate that all Hebrew boys, as they were being born into the world, were to be put to death. The girls could live, but the boys were to be no more. Shifra and Pua get a word from God. And that word is, you spare the boys. And so, of course, they do. They don't put any of the boys to death. Pharaoh gets wind that Hebrew boys are still being born into the world. And so he confronts Shifra and Pua. And they come up with a, an elaborate story. Listen, you need to know, Pharaoh, that these Hebrew women are not like Egyptian women. When Hebrew women are going to have a baby, by golly, they have a baby. By the time we get there, it's too late. The baby's born into the world. Shifra and Pua led by following God's word, by following God's instruction. They became leaders. They didn't intend to be leaders. They weren't seeking that out. They were simply being faithful to what it was they were called to do. But in the process of doing so, they spared the lives of lots of Hebrew boys and certainly kept a lot of Hebrew mothers from grieving deeply. But even more importantly than that, these two women, by following God's lead, would start the process that would eventually lead to the birth of Moses and finally and fundamentally to the liberation of the Israelite people years later. Oftentimes, because of the culture in which we live, people who are in positions of authority or people who are in the spotlight get more blame and more accolades than maybe they deserve. But more often than not, people who are in a position to receive those accolades, accolades or blame are often the same people who are heavily reliant on those who are behind the scenes to do her or his part to make a difference. And real leaders are the kinds of individuals in the Christian faith who follow first. We are followers we are not all supposed to be leaders. We have a leader. For years in the church, in the United Methodist Church and in many other denominations, being a leader was something that was oftentimes expected because there were workshops and books written over and over again how to be a leader, how to be a confident leader, how to lead the charge. In so many different ways, these workshops and books were about taking the lead, being in charge, stepping up, leading the troops. And the truth of the matter is, I always wished over the years that we didn't have a workshop on how to be a leader, but instead a workshop on how to be a follower because we already have a leader in Jesus Christ. Not everybody needs to be out front. We have the one who is always supposed to be out front, and we lead first by following him, following his instruction, following his mandates for our life, following his example, and in doing so, we then lead other people into a right relationship with God. We lead by following. Remember what Jesus said. He prays and then he goes out to seek his disciples, to handpick his disciples. And when he handpicks each disciple, he says to them, come and follow me. Jesus doesn't say, come and be the leader. Jesus said, come and follow me. Jesus then later on tells those who follow him, take up your cross and follow me. In the Gospel of John, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, and you are the sheep, and the sheep follow me because they know my voice. We have the leader. Our responsibility is to follow that leader. 
And when we follow that leader, we lead the charge in what it means to be the kind of people who make a fundamental yet powerful difference in the world. By following the Prince of Peace, we help establish peace. By following the bread of life, we help feed the hungry. By following the one who said, anytime you clothe someone who is naked, you clothe me, we do what is necessary to provide for the needs of others. In following the one who is the leader, we step up and we take the lead in the world when we are void of leadership in so many different ways. What is extraordinary about Shifra and Pua is that they were just doing what they were supposed to be doing and never deviated from it. Even when Pharaoh said, you do what I tell you to do. They didn't bow down before Pharaoh. They always remained faithful, bowing down before God and God's instruction. Shifra and Pua used love and life to fight evil and death. And what makes this story extraordinary is to this day, we know the names of the two midwives, these behind-the-scene figures. And we have no earthly idea to this day the name of Pharaoh. These two women became leaders simply by following. In the Civil War, there was a major general by the name of John Rawlins. Most of us have heard very little, if anything, about John Rawlins, but he was a supporter of Ulysses S. Grant. He was Grant's primary support system. Grant was the one who got all the attention, got all the accolades, was considered the great leader of the Union Army, but that wasn't really the case in many different ways. See, Ulysses S. Grant had a major drinking problem. He got drunk regularly, and sometimes he got drunk at the most inappropriate of times when he should be leading his men. Major General Rawlins finally convinced General Grant to try to stay sober. In fact, he made him swear that he would try to be sober. And Grant oftentimes succeeded, and on other occasions, Grant fell. And when he did, it was Rollins who stepped up and took the lead. It was Rollins who made some of the critical decisions, and eventually, because of his support for Grant, Grant was able to pick himself up again and lead his troops. And we read a lot about Ulysses S. Grant, but his support system was done by someone who was a supporting actor, if you will, someone who was behind the scenes, but someone who made an extraordinary difference. And eventually, the Union Army winning the Civil War. He was a leader, but he knew he had to follow. It's interesting to me to think about the impact of what Shifra and Pua did the residual effect, because Shifra and Pua spared these little newborn baby boys. There was one named Moses who would be born into the world. And years later, Moses, with God's help, would free the Israelites who had been enslaved by Pharaoh. If Shifra and Pua had not done their part, there would have been no Moses and there would have likely been no liberation of the Israelite people. It is extraordinary to think about how necessary it is for all of us to lead, but first lead by following. We have a leader. Our job is to follow the leader, and naturally leadership takes over when we follow first. I think about the new year. 2022. Listen, the last couple of years, to put it crudely, have not been great. And I could put it a lot more crudely than that, but I'm not going to. You know what they've been like. You've experienced them. 
but we keep plugging along. And this church keeps doing what it needs to do. And this church keeps stepping up and we continue to make a difference because we are filled with people who first follow Jesus Christ and in the process of following him become leaders in the community. This church is a leading institution in Little Rock and in the state of Arkansas and beyond because we are made up of a lot of followers who end up being leaders simply by following. We don't do it for the acclaim, we do it because that's who we are. I read an interesting story that in 1943, the Nazis decided to round up the Jews in Italy. There weren't a lot of Jews in Italy, but they were Jews, and in the minds of the Nazis, they needed to be eliminated. So the Nazi soldiers came in to Rome and began to round up Jews. While at the same time, there was suddenly this new deadly disease that the Nazis heard about among the Jews. It was called Syndrome K. And if one contracted Syndrome K, she or he would begin to cough. And after coughing for a while, eventually they would become paralyzed and then their lungs would be paralyzed and they would die. It was a serious infection and it was working its way for whatever reason through the Jewish community. So the Nazi soldiers began to back off. They went to the hospital to round up some of these Jews and the hospital administration said, you need to be careful when you walk down the hallways, these people are critically ill. You might want to think about whether or not to do that. And a few of the soldiers bravely went in and heard all of these Jewish people coughing hysterically, wailing in pain, and they quickly ran out. And they didn't round up these Jews that were in the hospital, more than 100 of them. They left them alone. But here's what's fascinating. There was no such thing as Syndrome K. It was made up by the lead physician in the hospital. Giovanni Bomero made it up. He thought to himself, there's got to be some way to protect these Jews who are in the hospital. They didn't need to be in the hospital because they were sick, but that's where they were placed for protection. And when the German soldiers would walk down the hall, the physicians instructed everybody to cough as loud as they could and to moan as much as they could. And the soldiers left. Giovanni Bomero was, after the war, given an honor by the Italian government. And years later, posthumously, he was given honors by the Israeli government for sparing the lives of more than 100 Jewish people that otherwise would have been put to death. Now, he didn't do it for the acclaim. He didn't do it for the attention. He did it because he was following his faith. He was following what he knew he should be doing to protect other human beings. And in following, he led the charge and lots of people were protected. As we begin 2022, I hope you'll think about what you can do to be a follower, to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And know, know that when you do that, in following him, you ultimately will lead. You will lead other people to Jesus Christ. You will lead other people to take responsibility for their faith and to make a difference in the world. You will lead people toward peace and wholeness and reconciliation and forgiveness. You will lead them toward grace personified in the one we bow down before. This is our year. We're going to lead, but we're going to lead by following. Hallelujah. Amen.
As we come into this new year following where God is leading us as a church, we are, as Dr. Robin said, so thankful for your generosity that makes possible life-changing ministries for our community and our world. As we offer our gifts to God today, you can do so by placing a gift in the offering plates as they are passed. Um, those of you joining with us online um, and via broadcast, you can find ways to give on your screens uh, to participate in the powerful ministry of following where God is leading us as a church community so that we can be the body of Christ for the world. As we offer our gifts to God, let us pray. God, we give you thanks so much for all that you give us. For your son, Jesus Christ, who on this day we celebrate following as the wise men followed that star. As we offer our gifts to you, God, I ask that they will be multiplied. Multiplied that more and more people can follow your way, that more and more people can know your power, and that more and more lives can be transformed in your love. In the name of Jesus Christ, through the power of your spirit, we pray. Amen.
one of the ways that we celebrate God leading us and us following where God leads is by responding to the invitation that we have to come to God's table. I invite you to join with me in our liturgy of the great thanksgiving as is printed in your bulletin. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. Before the mountains were brought forth or you had formed the earth, from everlasting to everlasting, you alone are God. You created light out of darkness and brought forth life on the earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets. And so, with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending Blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ, in whom you have revealed yourself, our light and our salvation. You sent a star to guide Magi to where Christ was born. And in your signs and witnesses in every age and through all the world, you have led your people from far places to be his light. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, Jesus took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup. Again, he gave thanks to you. And he gave it to his disciples. And he said, drink from this, all of you. This is the cup of my blood, the blood of a new and everlasting covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Holy God, we ask now that you will pour out your Holy Spirit on us who are gathered here and on these gifts of bread and cup. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your son, Jesus Christ, with your Holy Spirit and your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. forgiven people, let us join our voices together in the prayer our Lord taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, 
and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Will those who are serving please come forward? Friends, in this uh, congregation, as part of our United Methodist tradition, um, we do not require church membership. We believe that this table is not ours, but it is God's table. And so all who wish to receive this means of grace are invited to come forward. We will practice today um, by coming forward down the center aisle as the ushers lead you. As you come forward, there will be a station for gluten-free uh, wafers in the center, and then there will be two stations with bread on the outside. As you come, you can stop at the gluten-free station or continue on to the bread. As you come forward, we invite you to hold out your hands uh, as, as recognition that we are receiving this gift of God for us this day. And you'll be given a piece of bread. You can eat the bread, and then you'll be given a cup, and you can drink that individual cup and place it in the baskets um, that are there. Uh, for you to dispose of those. And now the table has been prepared. Um, Christ's grace has been freely given. Will you come as the ushers lead you? I want to say a word of thanks and great appreciation to those who watch on television and online. Because of your generosity, we have achieved an extraordinary goal. And I am grateful that you would be so generous with Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church and its ministries. Thank you. Thank you. On behalf of our congregation, we are deeply appreciative.
As we do at the conclusion of every service of worship, we extend an invitation. Oh, jeez, man. Can't even see on my glasses. <laughs> These things make me crazy. <laughs> As we do at the conclusion of every service of worship, we extend an invitation to anyone here today who would like to, in a formal way, become a part of Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church. The ministers will be down at the front singing our closing hymn. We invite you to come forward, and we'll give you the vows of the church. We'll celebrate your presence with us today and the decision you've made to unite with this faith community this great church family. If you're watching on television or online and you would like more information about how to unite with our church, please be in contact with us. We would be happy to give you that information. We invite you now to stand as we sing together.
again for worshiping with us today at Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church. We invite you to visit our website to let us know you were a part of our viewing community today or to learn more about how you can get involved in our ongoing mission to love God, love neighbor, and change the world. 